eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. And welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Welcome on into our Facebook Live viewers, uh, everybody on our YouTube channel who is checking in right now. Welcome. we got a bit of a roundtable discussion here today. Joined by Christian Clemente, Jason Caldwell, and Mark Murphy on on this uh, fine Wednesday morning. And, you know, I figured with Auburn now at 10 transfer editions, a nice, a nice crisp number for us to go ahead and, you know, hit the brakes a little bit um, and take a look at Auburn's transfer class so far, which is, has, has moved into being one of the best in the country. Um, of course, there's been a flurry of transfers over the past few days, I believe, you know, the Fairweather, the tight end from FIU was their first one. Mm-hmm. Seems like forever ago. Um, so now they're up to 10 transfer editions. And guys, I think you can make a pretty decent argument for for the importance of each of these guys. I, I keep on coming back to the term quality depth. And that's really what I feel like Auburn has done at, at a multitude of positions um, so far. They're not done yet. Quarterback is one that, that you're going to be looking at moving forward. The lines of scrimmage probably aren't finished. Um, but you're also going to have that wave of transfers after spring ball as well. You know, not not everybody who Auburn wants is is in the portal at the moment, and they're going to add guys in the in the summer as well. So we're going to get go through and uh, kind of talk about the importance of each of these guys, give a little bit of superlatives. Um, but I guess I'll just start and and throw it around a little bit, Jason. I'll start with you. What have just been your overall impressions of not only the the, the quality of players that they brought in, um, but the the effort on the part of this staff to to flip this thing and and try to turn over this roster so quickly because these were really big holes that we've talked about on this show for a long time that needed shoring up if Auburn was going to, you know, make a bowl game next season. Yeah. I, you know, it's something I thought about the other day and, and actually stuck my head in um, the new facility the other day and, and, and saw a coach actually talking about football for the first time and, and people might not understand it, but like they've got a new staff together. They haven't had a chance to talk anything about football, about Hey, what we're going to let's do with this in spring practice, or hey, here's what we're going to do. Like they haven't had those opportunities. It's been full bore recruiting the whole time, and so 
Um, you know, so that's that's the interesting part of things. They're just now really starting to talk a little bit about football, even though they're still absolutely recruiting. But um, I think they've done a, a, an excellent job um, in, in, in doing what they had to do. I mean, that's the thing. There was no – this isn't like you're going out and just, oh, let's go get a, a guy to make us better here or better there. They're getting guys to survive. I mean, basically, this was survival mode when you're talking about what they had to have on the offensive line and defensive line especially. So um, I think they did a great job in, in just trying to trying to give themselves an opportunity to be competitive in year one. Mark, we were on this show a month ago, a couple months ago. We all sort of made our pitch for, hey, here's the most important position group Auburn needs to address um, in the portal. Uh, just what aspect of what they've done so far has been the most impressive to you in terms of addressing some of those needs? You know, we were wondering who was going to play offensive tackle in 2023, and uh, you know, they've actually got some options out of the transfer portal. And Dylan Wade and Gunnar Britton are really important additions, I believe. It, it probably would be a good thing if they added another offensive tackle uh, in the transfer portal if they can get somebody who's really good enough to come in and start right away. And I think they needed a center too. And uh, this recent addition of Avery Jones is really important. So uh, uh, there's no moss growing on the north side of this recruiting staff. These guys have been after it, um, you know, not just hit the ground running. They hit the ground sprinting. And, uh, you know, Auburn was getting ready to have a, truly awful recruiting class and uh the last thing they needed was that because you know the talent level is just so low and uh this is probably going to be the biggest percentage of roster turnover um in decades when everything is said and done guys so i mean that's what really stands out to me christian from the recruiting side of things as as mark just mentioned of course this high school class has, you know, Hugh Freeze has done a great job of turning that around, making it, you know, a bona fide top 20 class. Of course, they have a, I believe they have a chance to, to be in the top 15, but, you know, they, they had to have these transfers to sort of complement what they're bringing in in 2023. What's been your assessment of what they've done to what I just talked about, you know, complement that group that has some, we've talked about it here before, has some interesting players, has what we believe to be some talented players who can impact this program in the long term. But as you and I have talked about before, they had to bridge this gap in 2023 if they were going to win games next season. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, it's been just about nothing short of perfect so far. Auburn has addressed just about every need um, outside of quarterback that it has. I mean, you've gotten your offensive linemen. You are already at a spot where you can have an improved offensive line, um, and they're not done adding pieces there. Uh, the defensive line, they've picked up some pieces there as well. I mean, you even look at the little kind of niche spots where we were like, yeah, they probably need another running back to complement that room, and they've done that. Um, it's been, you know, they've done an incredible job upgrading the roster and building what seems to be a few pieces away from being a potentially you know, competitive roster in 2023, not necessarily competing for an SEC championship, but a lot better than I think we all thought this team could be a couple of months ago when you looked ahead to the 2023 year. So, I mean, it's been... I mean, it's been really impressive. There's a reason they're one of the highest ranked teams in the 24-7 sports transfer portal rankings. Um, like we've said a couple of times, you know, they've got 10, but they're not done. Um, and, you know, now that you look at the roster, specifically you want to look at the offensive line. You want to look at picking up Rivaldo Fairweather, picking up Nick Mardner, picking up Brian Batie. Uh, Auburn becomes an attractive spot for a quarterback now to transfer into. You've built up 
a pretty solid offensive line. You've gotten a couple, you've gotten a receiver. You probably will get another receiver. You've got a good running back room, obviously of the history there at quarterback. And all of a sudden, you know, if you don't get a quarterback before the spring and you see some really talented guys go in the portal after the spring, you know, former high four star, former five star guys that miss out on the job, they might not have as much experience and it'll end up being, you know, still a true battle with Robbie Ashford, but you'll be a pretty attractive destination based on what Hugh Freeze and this staff have built up so far. Yeah, it's funny, you know, a lot of Auburn fans and people on our board saying at the beginning of this transfer process, well, they need to they need to bring in a quarterback when, when it was you know, the Grayson McCall buzz um, with those types of guys. Well, they need to get, you know, a high-profile quarterback in here to attract other pieces on offense. And now, like you mentioned, Christian, you've kind of flipped that that narrative a little bit. You flipped around that formula. You've got some good offensive line pieces in place. Um, you know, you have a couple compliments now to the passing game. Like you said, you have probably a, a pretty good one-two punch now running back with Jarquez Hunter and and Brian Batiste. So um, we'll get around to it now, guys, and, and talk about just first and foremost, who do you think is the most important transfer that they've picked up so far? And, and I talked about this with with y'all when we were getting ready for the show. It, it, it's sort of, you know, silly, it's silly season now. You know, the, the college football season just ended. You know, we're, we're an entire, you know, off season away from the next one. So as we sit here on, on January 11th, you know, th- obviously – Lots of things could change, but you know, Jason. I guess I'll I'll start with you. I, I have a I have an inkling, you know, what position group, what unit we're all gonna 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 be leaning to. But who is a guy that that you looked at that when they picked up in the portal, you said that's a guy who can can impact this team in a really big way immediately in twenty twenty three. Yeah, I think you could just toss them in a hat right now and pick any of those offensive linemen. But I, Dylan Wade's the guy for me. Um, I, I think you look at him, the versatility of a guy that has played at a high level. And when you start looking at the offer list for a guy like that immediately when he jumped in the portal and you start looking at the 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 not only power five schools, but top tier power five schools that said, hey, that's the guy we want. Um, that shows you that he's the guy that that I think feels like, you know, and even though he doesn't have ideal size, uh, he's not a six seven guy. I, I I'll be really surprised if he's not Auburn's left tackle uh, this time next year. I think he's a guy that that athletically is is the right fit. So that's that's who I would have to go with. Mark, are you going to stick on the offensive line and and if if so, which of those guys do you think would be the biggest pickup right now for Auburn? Yeah, I'm still going to go with one A and one B with Wade and Britton. An offensive tackle, and uh, you know, it's not he's sort of a transfer, he's transferring in from junior college. But Jameson Travis, the defensive lineman who was a great high school basketball and uh, football player in Minneapolis, and then went to junior college and was the most valuable player of junior college national championship game, he comes in in a position of urgent need on the interior defensive line, and uh. So I think he's really huge. And, you know, even though Elijah McAllister doesn't have a lot of wow factor, he uh, the transfer from Vanderbilt coming in as an edge player, well, that's a position Auburn desperately needs help. Plus, he's one of these really solid guys. He was a team captain, honor student, got a lot of experience in the SEC. And, uh, you know, that's going to help him get on the field immediately for Auburn, I believe, this year, guys. Yeah, Nathan, I'll leave Avery Jones for you. Um, Dylan Wade is definitely definitely my favorite pickup in the sense that he's an offensive tackle that has multiple years of eligibility still left. He could definitely be a one-and-done guy, though, based on his talent level and head to the NFL. Um, so the name that I'll look at is Messiah Nasili Kite. 
uh, the defensive line transfer out of Maryland, previous stops at a community college and Washington before that as well. Um, you look at his stats at Maryland and you watch him play. He's not the biggest guy. You know, when we saw him in person, he's really not the biggest guy at all. Um, but he, he just has a knack for making a big play. Um, he can kind of fill that Colby Wooden role in a sense a little bit. I don't think he'll shift all the way out to the edge, kind of like Colby Wooden did at times. Um, but, you know, if you really want to compare Messiah Nasili Kite to someone, he's pretty similar to Marcus Harris, um, kind of from what I've seen. So I think when you pair those two together, you know, that could cause a lot of problems for opposing offensive lines. So I really like what he brings. He's also a one-year guy, um, which has its advantages as well because, you know, you don't cap yourself for the future and you don't kind of have a kind of a roster lock there a little bit. So you bring him in for one year, hopefully get a lot of production out of him, um, and then you can move forward with you know, guys like Deron Reed for the future and stuff like that. But to bridge the gap a little bit, I think Messiah Nasili Kite, you know, there, there was a point there where the defensive line was looking a lot worse than the offensive line after they picked up a few guys. Um, and so they quickly kind of responded by picking up a collection of defensive linemen and solving that issue. Well, especially that day, Christian, when you called me and you're like, Hey, uh, uh, Jeffrey Umbaugh might be, might be entering the transfer portal. Um, and of course, you know, either that was a joke or he walked that back or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was code red for the defensive line there for a little bit. And, you, and we keep on using that phrase, you know, bridging the gap. They haven't necessarily brought in, Anybody except for the offensive lineman, who, who you could maybe slot in all three as starters um, right now. They haven't any brought in many people to upstage what Auburn's got going on right now. You bring up a guy like Marcus Harris again. Nasil Kite could be a could be a good compliment um, to him. But you're still looking at Harris. You're still looking at guys in multiple positions, receiver as well. You're looking at you know a guy like Camden Brown. It's like you know, you're not maybe not bringing in Nick Mardner to be your main outside receiver. But you're saying, hey, you know, Camden Brown, you can take another step up, and you've got this skip veteran guy behind you who can, who can help you out a little bit. Yeah, thanks for thanks for leaving me, Avery Jones. You, uh, after we were talking yesterday, you know how much I like this guy. Yeah, uh, three year starter at East Carolina uh, back in the 2020 season, he was their starter at left guard. The past two seasons, he has started at center. I uh, didn't realize until I was was doing some more research on him yesterday how good of a recruit he was. He was a top 15 offensive guard out of North Carolina. Back in the 2018 class, spent his first two seasons with the Tar Heels um, before transferring. And um, guys, the pass protection from that center spot is really um, the biggest difference that I see here. I wrote about it yesterday. But the difference between your top returning guy, who was, who was probably Tate Johnson at this point, who, who of course was was injured. Um, and you know, we'll see what he looks like when he comes back. But you know, less than four full games for him. He gave up eight quarterback pressures and three sacks in less than four games. You look at a guy like Avery Jones, was a top 10 pass protector among centers at the group of five level, only gave up one sack all season. Um, so, of course, those numbers aren't everything, um, but I, I do think it is a substantial upgrade for them at center. And it's a position that, you know, Auburn Auburn really missed the leadership and the experience of a guy like Nick Brahms last season. Brandon Council moved over a few games into the year after after Tate Johnson was injured, but um, still still a very inconsistent group and obviously uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't their plan at center. And so now you can sort of slot these three guys in. Maybe you're starting tackles um, and maybe you're starting centers. And, and as, as I understand it from following along with y'all's recruiting coverage of these guys that, uh, you know, they're not they're not done along the offensive line and maybe looking to add some some interior players um, moving forward. Jason, I'll, I'll circle back around um, to you. Maybe maybe not a guy who maybe not a guy who you think is going to be the biggest impact right now, but sort of a long-term guy. 
Uh, maybe a guy who's got a little bit more eligibility. I think I think we all maybe would lean toward the toward the same guy here. Um, but but who's somebody you look at at these transfers and you're saying, all right, he may not be superstar, may not be a starter in the SEC next season, but in terms of you know that respective position group moving forward, he's a big pickup for the future. Who do you who do you, who do you have in the in this transfer class so far? Yeah, you know, it's a little little more difficult when you start talking about transfers and and start thinking about um, kind of what they have left. But um, I think you know you look at at you know a guy like Rivaldo Fairweather. It's just you know I do think he's going to be a help right away. He's got a little bit of meat left on the bone, and so he's a guy that I think can really become a an impact player for this team. And um, you know, especially when you start thinking about the history of Hugh Freeze and the things he's done in the past. Um, this looks like a guy that can deliver some big play potential out of that position. And we, we just saw it. We just saw it from Georgia. You see it in the NFL uh, with the Chiefs and with other teams. Impact plays from the tight end position are, are vitally important in today's game now. And if you have them, it's a game changer. And so I think that's the thing golfers looking for, going from being productive to being explosive at the tight end position. And I think that's what he brings. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mark, it, you know, obviously you can't you can't replace Tank Bigsby. Um, and you can't replace the kind of player that he is immediately. But like Christian talked about at the beginning, you you, you wanted to get a running back. Um, it wasn't the biggest position of need where you needed a superstar, but Bringing in a thousand yard rusher, you know, less than 40 players in the country last year rushed for a thousand yards. Bring in a thousand yard rusher and a guy who was a special teams All American in 2021. Guys, he had more kick return touchdowns than anybody in the country in 2021. He had three of them. So um, that's not too shabby for Auburn in terms of getting a, a compliment for Jarquez Hunter, especially when you look at, you know, maybe those are assumed to be your top two guys. Um, your depth down the line is pretty good too. A guy like Damari Alston, and, you know, we all think Jeremiah Cobb is going to be a really good player. That's a pretty good four-man four man start for you in the in the backfield heading into next season. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Jeremiah Cobb, and, you know, he's one of these kind of guys that uh, can score from anywhere on the field. And, you know, and bringing in the transfer from South Florida is important too. So, um, um, you know, a guy that, that I don't think anybody's mentioned yet uh, as a transfer um, is somebody to keep an eye on is the uh, linebacker transfer, Demario Tolan from LSU and uh, you know I think Auburn's got a real need at that position he's a four-star recruit um, he's got multiple years of eligibility left and uh, if he can step in and, and contribute right away that's going to be a real plus for Auburn this year but uh, I think you guys are, I think you're right the, the running back situation 
has a chance to be really good this season. And, uh, yeah, I'm a pretty firm believer that Carnell Williams is going to be a happy coach this fall with his guys. Christian, you brought it up a couple episodes ago when we were talking about Tolan. This is a guy that the previous staff wanted. He was on campus as recently as a year ago because he was only a part of a of last year's class, but now now Auburn, their new staff, makes the makes the best of their second chance at him. It would help if my mic wasn't muted. Uh, you know, Demario Tolan <laughs> is huge for Auburn and its linebacker room, um, you, especially after Owen Papo departed for the NFL. All of a sudden, you were looking at it, and you know, you you return guys that are technically upperclassmen now, um, and Cam Riley and Wesley Steiner and Desmond Tisdale, but you just haven't gotten a ton of production out of any of those guys. You know, this past year was the most production you've gotten out of any of them. And each guy left something to be desired um, in terms of their play. So you were looking to upgrade that room a little bit. Um, ideally, you know, those guys take a step forward, but you, you needed guys for the future of that room because when you look at it, the only guy you really have is Robert Woodyard, um, who got some run in 2022, but you don't sign any linebackers in the 2023 class. Doesn't seem like there's really anybody left for February either. So you ideally wanted a younger guy. I think they'll still go get another younger guy as well. Uh, but Demario Tolan perfectly fits the bill of what you're looking for there. Still has three years of eligibility left. Uh, he played in 12 games at LSU during his freshman season. And again, nine tackles. Towards the end of the season, he was really coming on strong. Um, it was definitely a loss for LSU once he ended up actually entering the portal. Um, and you know, Jason and I have talked about it on the show previously. It was a quick process where he enters the portal the next day he's in Auburn, two or three days later, he's an Auburn signee. Um, so that's kind of how these things go that quickly. But, you know, for Auburn, uh, you know, Josh Aldridge and Auburn's defense has to be really happy. This is kind of a rangy linebacker, maybe more of an outside guy than a middle guy, 6'2", like 222. Probably looked a little closer to 215 when we saw him in person. Um, so maybe put on a little bit more weight there. But, you know, this kid was a playmaker in high school at linebacker. Um, and so that's something that, Auburn fans should definitely be excited for, for potentially the next three seasons. Yeah. We're talking about this coaching staff and the, and the effort they're putting in a guy we've mentioned briefly, but not a ton so far as Nick Martin, who comes over from Cincinnati, really lengthy talking about range, Christian, you know, lengthy receiver, six, six uh, listed at two fifteen. Jason, it was familiarity with Auburn's newest assistant coach that helped them out here. Marcus Davis comes over as Auburn's new receivers court coach. Of course he was a wide receiver, at Auburn, he was at Hawaii for one season, um, and then Mardner played with him there at Hawaii and then transferred to Cincinnati last year. Mardner had a fantastic season, nine, over 900 receiving yards at Hawaii in 2021. Again, this is another room where you you look at who you've got returning, lots of promising pieces, um, but in terms of that outside receiver spot and even at a lot of other receiver spots, you, know, you, you bring back a guy like Coy Moore, you bring get back a guy like a Malcolm Johnson Jr. These are experienced players not necessarily standouts at the moment. And so there is opportunity for a guy like Nick Marner to, to be an impact player next season. And I, I think it is just overall on a lot of different levels, really what they needed. You probably weren't going to bring in a superstar receiver, and maybe they do get another one. But in terms of the experience he's got and the familiarity with Davis, who already knows what he'll be successful with, already knows you know what kind of routes to put him in, I think it's a big pickup for them next season. Yeah, that's the the key thing to this one is Marcus Davis knows who he is and knows what he does well and, and knows how he would fit into what they're looking to do on offense. That's that's an important part of things. And 
Uh, we've seen that the last couple of years when when coaching staff doesn't have a feel for what a player does or how to get them involved in an offense, it it stands still and those guys don't get used. And so uh, I think he he brings something that Auburn doesn't have, which is size. Um, Auburn's got some physical receivers uh, when you think about it. You know, mentioned especially a guy like Camden Brown, but they're a smaller group overall, and they don't have anybody that that looks like. Looks like Nick Mardner. We, we still don't know what Landon King's going to be. I have a feeling he's going to be back to more of a tight end role for this team. Nick Mardner's not one of those guys. He's a long, big shooting guard looking kid. I mean, he looked like a basketball player. If you'd walk through, you said, yeah, that, that guy looks like a pretty good basketball player. He's a football <laughs> wide receiver. And the other part about it is Marcus Davis keeps telling us, hey, this guy can run. Like he's not just a statue this big at wide receiver. He's a guy that can stretch the field. And so – that's the thing I think about. I think about a guy that gives them, again, big play potential and red zone potential. Those are two things that that you're looking for out of an offense. Um, and it's something that has been a black hole for an Auburn offense for about the past two or three, really since Seth Williams. They haven't had anybody to really be any one of those situations. Anthony Schwartz delivered some big plays in that same group. But when that wave of wide receivers passed, Javarius Johnson has been really the only big play threat potential out of the whole wide receiver group. Nick Marner can can be another one of those guys. Mark, if you had to add a couple more position groups for Auburn, obviously, you know, the, the transfer window closes up soon. We talked about um, there will be guys entering after the spring from Auburn's in as well. Auburn's not, you know, they're, they're going to have some guys um, continue to leave as well. But that that pool of transfer players will continue to grow over the next few months. Quarterback is obviously something that they'll be looking at. But what are a couple other position groups that um, you think might still need addressed? Probably yeah. a big way or a small way. Right. Yeah. I think they could use another wide receiver. I, I, I'm a firm believer that Camden Brown can step up and be a, a starter in the SEC and be a really good one. And uh, and there's a couple other guys too that can can play wide receiver, but they could, could use another guy there. Uh, they definitely need at least a couple more pass rushers, uh, particularly outside guys, because you know you know, losing what they lost off this team. And people tend to forget about Iku Leota because, you know, he went out early in the season. I mean, these are some really good guys they lost in addition to Derek Hall. And uh, then Colby Wooden, when he had to, he stepped outside and played defensive end and did it very well. And, you know, the ta- the roster was just devoid of talent at players at, at that position uh, for 2023 looking ahead. So, yeah, it's – it's nice to get a transfer in there from Vanderbilt. And certainly it's a great pickup getting Keltrick fault to flip from Florida state on national signing day, a kid from Highland home who Auburn had no business losing uh, to Florida state in a recruiting battle. It's pretty much an indictment on the previous coaching staff that that even happened. So uh, uh, kudos to the new staff for getting that thing flipped at the last minute. But uh you know, to me, pass rushers, pass rushers, pass rushers. That's the big thing moving forward in addition to the quarterback. I think they're in good shape in the secondary. I think that's got a chance to be the team's strength. And there's a lot of good players back, and they've really added some nice pieces. Um, running back situation should be fine. Um, tight end situation should be fine. And, you know, maybe one more um, offensive lineman would be a, a real plus, too. But, Boy, overall, it's going to be an interesting spring training, guys. It's going to be really um, a lot of competition for playing time in a variety of positions. 
Christian, I know you were talking to me the other day about maybe another linebacker um, might be something that that they've got zeroed in on right now. What it, what is sort of your assessment of of where they might go in terms of positions moving forward? I know the window is about to close, but yeah, I think linebacker certainly is still a spot right there. We're kind of tracking Austin Keys, the former Ole Miss linebacker, um, and he's six two, but instead of two twenty two like Demario Tolan, he's two forty five, two fifty. Um, so you're looking at much more of a thumper, kind of a true middle linebacker there. Um, so Auburn's certainly in the mix. I think they'll add another linebacker. I wouldn't be surprised, Mark, you know, you said one offensive lineman. I wouldn't be surprised if they go and get two. Um, I think Auburn is still in search of potentially a guard to pair with Jeremiah Wright, um, that they could kind of have a battle with Cam Stutz, who is back for his last year. And I think Auburn, you know, if another offensive tackle was available, they would go out and get them. Um, it'll be interesting because, you know, you've already picked up two guys um, at offensive tackle. So a third guy would come in and, you know, these guys weren't guaranteed starting spots, but all of a sudden it becomes a lot more difficult now for a third guy. But if you can find a younger guy that's transferring after maybe a year that you believe in um, who could sit a year and, you know, compete for playing time right now, but potentially sit a year and then take over for Gunnar Britton after he departs, I think Auburn would love to pick that up. Obviously, quarterback is the big one. I have zero doubt and zero concern that that'll be addressed eventually. You know, it may not be right now. It may not be before spring practice, but Auburn will get a guy after spring practice. Auburn's not going to roll with, you know, three scholarship quarterbacks right now and Robbie Ashford, Holden Gurner, and Hank Brown once he arrives in the summer. They're not going to ride with just those three. They'll go get a fourth guy. So yeah, such concerned. a Christian you mentioned earlier uh, during the recruiting process. You said, "Hey, they're they're not stopping at twenty five. They're not stopping at 30. There, it could be forty new guys, and uh, just yeah. think about it. There's eighty five as a scholarship limit. So uh, it's uh, it's a fun time to keep track of what's going on with Auburn football guys. Yeah, fun and chaotic. <laughs> just the way we uh, just the way we prefer it. Yeah, we. We've talked yeah, about good it. afternoon off uh, from what's going on. If you come back, there's another commitment or, or two <laughs> Sundays. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, definitely an interesting time. But, you know, Auburn desperately needed to do this. And, uh, yes. you know, that's why I think a lot of fans are coming around and warming up to Hugh Freeze at the moment. Uh, I've heard a lot of that here in town from talking to people, including folks who were not really excited about the initial hire. Yeah, he's accomplished exactly what he needed to um, here at the beginning. Nothing groundbreaking, but numbers-wise, very, very important for them to for them to do what they've done so far. Yeah, I, was, I called Christian the other day about wanting to do something involving transfers, and he was like, "Well, hold on just a little bit because uh, there might be another <laughs> be another one later today." So that's uh, that's just where we are right now. But uh, yeah, ten transfer guys so far for Auburn. Um, I think when you look at this overall snapshot of what they've got right now. Um, I'll go back to it again. Quality depth, I think, is what they're adding. And along the offensive line, I think you're adding starting caliber players at the moment. So um, unless you all have anything else to add. Yeah, um, no, the only other thing is, is you know, the, the portal visit window has closed. And the portal window closes a week from today, I believe, on the 18th, uh, where guys can enter the portal. But, but you can still – Auburn can technically still get guys in, in class in school for another week. So – um, now it may not be a guy that visited, but there's there's Zoom, there's there's a things that we're doing now on StreamYard. There's ways to to talk to people. So just because 
you know, the guy that might not have ever visited doesn't mean that you might not get that guy. So there's still a possibility to add a couple of guys, even in this. Um, surprisingly, there's people still entering the portal, even this late. Um, you know, guys that could, could technically try to get in for a spring practice. So, um, yeah, it's always uh, until this until until they start until they they close that window on adding classes here in a week at Auburn. Um, then it's it's not over with in in portal recruiting. That's for sure. Yeah, and the other factor of this is something that was getting talked about yesterday when people were saying, you know, look at this transfer class overall for Auburn. The the quality of players they're bringing in is high. When you look at the net difference between guys they lost, that that's another big thing. Some of these programs are bringing it, bringing in good players, particularly some of the top programs who have talent that lose, you know, that lose four stars and five stars every every couple of years. You know, they're bringing in good players, but who are they losing? Um, Auburn didn't necessarily lose many players that were. Uh, you know, that were overly important to what they're doing in terms of building the roster for the future. Of course, a guy like Keandre Jones. I mean, that was a that was a big loss, him going to Florida State, you know, starting offensive, starting offensive guard. But, you know, it's it, overall the quality of, of players brought in has has outweighed and I, it might far outweigh um, the guy that the guys they've lost in the portal. So that's another thing. You know, that's another thing that's important in this process. It's not just the guys you bring in. Um, it's making sure you don't lose a bunch of quality players. Um, and, and, you know, that'll continue to that'll continue to change like Jason just talked about um, things nowhere near done. And Auburn is going to have more guys, particularly when you get around the springtime, they're going to have more guys leave the portal as well. And uh, things will continue to just get clearer in terms of what Auburn's got going on um, across the roster in 2023. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening today. I think we'll, I uh, think we'll wrap it up there. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Auburn undercover podcast on uh, YouTube and Facebook. Thanks for, thanks for watching today. You guys can go leave us a five-star review. If you like, it's the number one thing that helps us out. Bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him on Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody have a great rest of the week. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.